Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Sex, Love, and Psych. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Before I get into today's topic, I wanted to plug a couple things here. Uh, I did, for those of you who know about my little like rave custom bra, bodysuit business, whatever you want to call it, um, I did make an Instagram page for it. It is Tasteful Tatas, P-L-U-R. Tasteful Tatas Plur, all one word. Super easy to find. Just started it. I'll be posting more on there soon. Um, also, uh, for the podcast, what you are listening to right now, I'm going to be moving it to a new platform. This doesn't mean anything will necessarily change as much for you about where you can find it. It'll still be posting to Spotify, Apple Music, all of that. As far as I know, this other platform reaches all the same audiences and accounts as the one I'm currently using. But the one I'm currently using um, only monetizes U.S. accounts. And I have given it a lot of thought. Did a little bit of research on it. This new one that I'm moving to doesn't have that restriction. So one thing it does mean for all of you is that there's probably going to be an ad here and there. I'm not going to do like five ads an episode or anything. But it will allow me to bring in a little cash for the amount of effort I'm putting into this. And I didn't think any of my wonderful friends and family that do support me would really mind listening to like a 30 second ad here and there to help support my podcast. And hey, maybe I'll get better equipment at some point too. (laughs) So with all of that being said, let's jump right into today's episode, STI's Fact and Fiction. Today's research comes primarily from my human sexuality course that I took about a year and a half ago. I thankfully still have access to all the course content on my Blackboard, so I was able to go into that and pull up the PowerPoint from that lesson. So super thankful I still have access to that one. Some courses close out, some don't. Uh, So... Let's start super basic. Uh, What is an STI? It's a sexually transmitted infection passed from one person to another through sexual contact, including skin-to-skin, oral, vaginal, or or anal contact. So one thing I wanted to start off by saying before we get into more of the specifics is kind of questioning why there's this uh, stigma around STI specifically. There's not stigma against a lot of other communicable diseases through other ways like colds, flu, it's all of that stuff. You're not kind of looked down on for catching one of those. So what is it about STI specifically? I think 
This isn't based on my research, but this is just personal opinion. I think it could be a variety of reasons, but one of the big ones, in my opinion, is the is how it's rooted in the shame and taboo we put on sex in general. Because we kind of shouldn't talk about it, sex is dirty... We've done a lot of progress over the last few decades, but there's still that stigma and taboo around sex specifically, so adding an infection just seems absolutely dirty and scandalous. And with HIV specifically, the stigma around that, I think a lot of it is rooted in that sexual shame, but it's also rooted in homophobia. We've placed so much shame and stigma on talking about sex, that discussing STIs seems absolutely unthinkable, and that's actually perpetuating a lot of the problem and the just frequency of how often people get STIs because we don't talk about them, and we feel weird and awkward and shameful in asking our partners and going and get tested and all of that stuff, so we'll cover all that. Uh, there's also this big stigma and ide- like misconception, so first fiction here, is that you must have had sex with like hundreds of people if you're going to catch STIs, like you must be ridden like the town bicycle. Personal opinion, no shame in being a hoe if you're doing it safely and consensually, but that's just also not a fact when it comes to STIs. You can have sex with one person who may not even know they have it, and you can get one. You don't have to be a whore, you don't have to be dirty, you don't have to be any other thing to get an STI, and STIs aren't dirty, they're just an infection. So, with that being said, let's dig into some STIs and get some base knowledge out there. A lot of this I didn't know before I took this class, and with the conversations I've had with friends about STIs, there's a lot of misinformation and just lack of knowledge surrounding STIs, so let's hop in. So I wanted to start with some sexually transmitted viruses. So those include like HPV, hepatitis A, B, and C, and HIV. So HPV, oh, also HSV 1 and 2, which we will get into. Uh, HPV, we'll start with, it is more commonly known as like the genital warts. Many strains, though, this is a big fact to know, are asymptomatic and harmless, but in some strains can cause cancers. This is generally um, diagnosed visually. This is why it's so important to get those yearly checkups and be familiar with your own equipment. So get on that. Again, many strains asymptomatic and harmless. Um, but there are those certain strains that can cause more serious issues like cancers down the line if you, and you may not even be aware that it's happening. Uh, so HSV 1 and 2, I'm not sure why I'm having such a tough time with that acronym at the moment, but it is what is more, more commonly known as herpes. So the number one type is going to be like the oral herpes, cold sores, super common. And HSV2 is typically genital. It's also very, very common, which a lot of people don't know. 
It's based generally on a visual identification if someone is showing symptoms. There's no cure, but there is... Once you have the knowledge that you have it, you can keep an eye on outbreaks. Uh, It is way less communicable when you're not in an outbreak. And most people have it and they're asymptomatic and it causes no problems. I have seen multiple TikTok accounts about it. They've started popping up now that I like a lot of sexual health uh, therapy and all that kind of stuff. The algorithm, algorithm has shown me some people who are working on destigmatizing herpes and really erasing the misconception that you have to be dirty and only a few people have it. It's so common. One of these accounts is S-U-Z-B-U-B. It is a girl who got diagnosed with herpes. She, and she just works to kind of Uh, erase some of that stigma and start the conversation, kind of normalize it and point out that most people have it and they don't even know it and that doesn't make you a bad person at all. So moving on, um, HIV I didn't want to get in as much into because there is so much I could get into and there is a lot of different information out there but one thing I did want to mention was that people with HIV who take medication can have undetectable viral loads, which leads to them being unable to transmit the virus. So in more recent years, HIV medication and treatment has come so, so, so far. And those people who do have it and catch it and take that medication and take PrEP and ART, They are able to have regular healthy sex lives and just have that undetectable viral load without passing it to any partners. So next, I wanted to jump into some of the bacterial infections, which is probably the ones that people might talk to talk about the most. I'm going to just chat quickly about chlamydia, gonorrhea and syphilis. So, chlamydia is actually the most common STI in Alberta and Canada. It can infect urethra, cervix, rectum, eye, and throat. So, it's not just the bits. It can be spread as well to other areas. One fact about chlamydia is that 70% of women and 90% of men show no symptoms. So... So, so many people can have it and not know it if they're not getting tested regularly, and they can pass that on to other people. If you do have symptoms, uh, they can include painful urination, a thin whitish discharge, and internal pain. Now, there is a huge stigma around chlamydia and STIs in general, as we discussed, but treatment for chlamydia specifically, super easy. They give you some antibiotics. You don't have sex for a week to allow the antibiotics to kick in, so you will no longer pass it to anyone else, and it will be cured. And you just have to contact any sexual partners that you've had since your last test and notify them so they can also be tested, and they also won't be passing it on to people asymptomatically without them even knowing it. So, gonorrhea 
fairly similar to chlamydia. 80% of women and 60% of men show no symptoms. They're, but in the case of when they are showing symptoms, they'll be similar to chlamydia with the painful urination and internal pain. Uh, but instead of that thin whitish discharge, it's going to be thick and yellow and greenish. So if you're having any of these issues, pop into your clinic, go see your doctor, make sure you're getting tested. Um, syphilis is the next bacterial infection that I wanted to discuss. Uh, the rates in Canada have been rising since 2001. It dispro disproportionately affects men over 30. There's four different stages. Um, if you catch it at the earlier stages, it's going to be a lot easier to treat. It is treated with either injectable or oral antibiotics, depending on the stage you catch it at. There's a variety of symptoms. Um, yeah, you can look it up. Again, none of these are a death sentence. All treatable. Catch them early, get tested regularly. Uh, condoms are going to be the number one way to prevent STIs from being passed and transmitted. Uh, your partner may complain about not being able to feel as much during sex, but they also may not ha know they have an STI, especially if this is just a hookup or someone you don't know or you're not sure if they get tested on a regular basis. Uh, condoms are going to be the number one way to lessen the chance of you getting a transmittable infection from them. Have that con Try to have that conversation with new partners uh, about being tested when the last time they got tested was. This is not to shame anyone. This is not to get answers about how many partners someone has or be jealous or anything like that. But getting tested regularly is going to catch more of the asymptomatic um, STIs, get you be able to be treated sooner and not pass those infections to other people who may show symptoms and may have a worse time with it. Uh, get tested af after every new partner, even if you've had this talk, uh, or at least every six months is what I've also seen recommended. But if you have regular new partners, it is not a matter of shame. It is a matter of safety and health. Just make sure you're getting tested on a regular basis. Uh, what to expect at a test if you've never been tested before. You're gonna, they're either gonna ask you like verbally or you're gonna fill out a little form about your sex history. You'll probably do a urine and or blood sample test. And if you're showing symptoms or have any specific mm -hmm. concerns, then you may get that physical exam where they check everything out visually. They might take a swab. Uh, plenty of, there are plenty of places to get tested. There is an STI clinic at the General Hospital in Edmonton. There's a few LGBTQ plus uh, focused clinics as well. Or in the past, I have just went and got tested at regular walk-in clinics. If you're going to do that, maybe just call ahead. Make sure they do that. Make sure they have time. Take walk-ins, all that. There is no shame in getting tested. It's just you looking after your body. And just one thing to note about getting tested, uh, swabs and urine tests, uh, they don't test for every single STI. 
you're not going to get tested for literally every possibility every time you go in. So if you are having symptoms or you have any concerns or someone has contacted you to say that they have tested positive with something, um, make sure you mention these things to your doctor or nurses or whoever you are speaking to at wherever you are so that they know what to look for, they know what to test for. Because as we said, a lot of things are asymptomatic. So if you know a partner has tested positive, they're going to want to make sure they test for that specifically if it's not something that's already included in the general test. So just a little bit of a review here between some fact and fiction. One big fiction is you're a dirty person if you have an STI. The fact is, anyone who is sexually active can get an STI, and most people who are or have been sexually active have probably had an STI or currently have one, including like those herpes, which aren't as tested for as commonly, and probably most of the time asymptomatic. Uh, fiction number two, you must be sleeping around to get an STI. The fact is, you can have unprotected sex one time with someone who's asymptomatic and shows no, like, shows no symptoms, and you can get an STI. Fiction number three, all STIs show symptoms. As we've discussed here, the fact is that in most cases, for most of the more common STIs, they show no symptoms. So that is why it is so important to get tested regularly. A, another fiction is that you f should feel ashamed or alone if you have an STI. The fact is, there's no shame. Just make sure you're getting tested regularly, checking with your partners, having that healthy communication. You shouldn't feel alone. Millions and billions of people across the planet have had or will have an STI. It's super, super common. That doesn't mean that we should just shrug it off and not do anything about it. We should be getting tested regularly after every partner or at least after every six months, especially outside of a monogamous relationship. Um, there's no shame in having multiple partners. There's no shame in having as much or as little sex as you want. Just make sure you're doing it safely. Make sure you're communicating. And of course, always consensually. And that is my little brief discussion on STIs. I really just want to start more conversations about them because they are so common and there is so much shame attached to them right now. Let's just start having those conversations. There's probably more people in your life than you know that have had STIs and they are just keeping that their dirty little secret Maybe you have and you feel like you're the only person in your life that has. I'm going to bet that that's not true. There's probably people you know that have had them. And most, as I've said, are easily treated, especially when caught early. So just make sure you're getting tested regularly. You're going for those regular physical exams when you're sexually active. And you're just being smart, wearing condoms. So thank you so much for tuning in to episode 26 of Sex, Love, and Psych. I am hoping that I will be moved onto this new platform in the next few weeks, but I will keep you all in the loop with that on 
when ads might be popping up, if there's going to be any changes to the format or anything like that. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much. Bye.